What up, it's Mitch, and this is Zach. Welcome to Hot Takes Cold Brews, where each week we'll be talking about hot takes in health, fitness, and lifestyle. And to make sure these are epic episodes, we're cracking a brand new cold brew, catching a savage buzz each time. Let's do it then. Pour hard, dude. That's the first. Oh wait, hold on. We need the first thing. I think I we saw. need the. I think actually we need the glasses. You really want to do glasses? Yeah. Are we on? Are we live? Yeah, we're live. All right. All right. Let me see. Okay. Mitch is gonna step away here for a second because we got strict instructions on these cans from Trident, and it has steps right across the top. Shake well, open slowly, pour hard, and it really wants us to shake vis- vigorously three times to activate the nitrogen. And we're trying to get the whole exposure of that so i'm just gonna start shaking both these cans yeah those are perfect i'm gonna just start shaking these cans up pretty vigorously excessive vigor says shake vigorously i thought you said three times yeah oh i thought three like different sets of like a lot of shakes that might have been too much shaking now that i think about it I thought it meant like three different sessions oh i thought it meant three sessions of shaking just shook it like Eight, 50 times. I mean, it's just going to explode. So hold on. Don't open it yet. So Well, well then I'll just immediately pour. Well, oh, it says open slowly on the it's can. It's going to fizz. So make sure you like, open slowly. No way. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. How do you pour hard? Just ah! <laughs> <laughs> slam it down in there, man. All right. So this is this company is really cool. So this is probably the coolest one we've worked with so far, like as far as like the in-depth we've gone with it. Oh, it smells good. You can just smell it when you oh, pour that's it. That's a oh my god, dude! <laughs> that <laughs> smells so good. <laughs> so basically, this company, uh, I reached out to them and they were instantly into sponsoring the the fuel for the podcast. And I ended up talking to a guy named Marcel, who um, founded this company lives um, with this part. He lives out here, um, and it was but it was started in San Diego. And pretty cool story of, of how they found it. So they happen to be, the two founders happen to be in the military together. I believe one army and one navy. And they kind of met each other on tour, like or like, you know, while they're deployed. Um, and so they decided to start this coffee company. And their, their big thing was like, they use coffee while they're overseas to like, as like part of like a mediation. Like when they'd sit, sit down with, like, you know, if people sit down with, um, like leaders of other countries, even if there's like conflict, there's always like a, a tea or a coffee that like they use to exchange. So that's kind of what they use um, basically for their motto. And so um, they do all of the coffee, like beans, like they go and like, I gotta just try it. All right, let's try going way too let's long. Go. On let's this. go. It's really good. That's delicious. That's really good. But let me keep going. Cause it's a cool story. So basically these guys started this company and they built it from uh from the garage to like this really good coffee company today. They've got a ton of cool partnerships. The owners are awesome. Um they're super involved in the community. They're really into um into their coffee and their product is super quality. And now that we've tasted it, I think it, I agree. Like they're they're a cool company. Yeah. I'm definitely into supporting them in the future. This is solid, dude. It's uh, a good coffee. I think it was better that we poured it. Poured it hard, and I think I shook it the right amount. Maybe, mine's a little flat, but I'm just kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it had a good nitro like to it, like a good head to it, you know. But no, it did. And I'm chugging it down a little too fast. Maybe it should I know, be in fuck. the can. Just I might because. have to slow down on this shit, man. Yeah, uh, I think it's about 250 milligrams of caffeine in it. Fuck. And your favorite, Mitch. Zero cows. Ooh, is it? It's a zero cow one. Dude. It tastes like it's got chocolate in it. Right. It tastes really, really chocolatey. And they sent us... So the other cool thing they do is they sent us this bag of coffee here. And the bag of coffee actually has the cold brew instructions on the back. Um, so if you don't... If you want to make your own coffee... And basically what they were talking about was like... So it's more affordable because these cans are, you know, 3 or $4 a can. Right. You can buy their pound of coffee and they tell you how to make their cold brew out of the back. And you can do it right out of your house. And yeah. so we're going to make that... That's really cool. For us. That's I'm going to really make cool us I'm gonna make us that. some gallons of cold brew with this. Sounds dope. Um, bring it. No, I mean, shoot. To be... 
I shouldn't have poured it in a glass because I'm drinking it way too fast. Yeah, I just but, probably chugged half a glass here. Uh, <laughs> but to be a zero-calorie coffee and taste that good yeah. is it's huge. And it's I think that and and keep in mind we're being honest. I mean, there was coffees that we didn't like on this co- podcast. This is a yeah. really good one. I didn't this easily beer. rivals the last one that we had. Nitro Beverage Company was delicious. I think this is right up there in my mind already. I'm not going to give it a rating because we wait to the end. But this is up there with Caveman and Nitro Beverage Company easily, yeah. easily. And we've still got two of their flavors sitting in the fridge to try. This is their standard. Like this is their their original flavor here. What other ones do they send? They've got a couple different like types of bean roasts, like different from different countries, and they roasted them a little bit differently and, and processed them a little bit differently. So they've got some yeah. different flavor profiles. But they've got, I think, I mean, I give them an A for their logo and all that stuff too, which was kind of modeled after the Navy SEAL Trident. So it's cool. I like it. I thought it was Mariners. Kind of reminds me of like the old it, school Mariner shit. That would be cool. But that's kind of modeled after the same thing. It's all that that C that Trident, but. Cool, man. This is going to fuel us for this podcast. we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. We're going to be covering, on this podcast, we're going to be covering uh, what we do to recover. Because we always talk about what everyone does to work out effectively, efficiently. We talk about all of that stuff. But what people don't know is that recovery is actually just as important yeah. as compared to the actual workout itself. Like today I'm really, really sore because I did something new I haven't done for a long time. And I'll admit, I didn't do the recovery that I should have and now I'm paying for it. Well, I think a a really good concept for people to grasp is your only, your workouts and all that is only as good as what you can recover from, right? Because if if you go, and I was just on the phone with a client about talking about this, how often has someone gone super hard in the gym and then that next week, they can't really do anything, you know? Yeah. And whether that be really sore or they get injured or something like that, that those spikes, that's not really benefiting you. Mm-hmm. It's about going hard enough that you at a level that you can recover from. So everyone's going to be different to then like recovering from it and then being ready to basically go at that same level or increase it a little bit. Yeah, I mean those are the 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 steady great gains that you make. There's two, there's two interesting things that I just heard recently. I can't remember who was on the podcast with Joe Rogan. He was talking about that exact same thing you're talking about, where the training style for for most like he was talking about MMA, but for most people is to just you want to leave the gym like dead. Oh man, I killed myself. Like yeah. that was the hardest work I ever did. And then you're like, oh, I was sore for six days after I could hardly walk. But then those six days, like you said, you didn't get any workout in. This guy, what he does with his fighters is they don't go max out during the sessions. They actually go pretty light, but they do it every single day because they're not sore ever. They get way more technique work in. And he was saying that's what like a lot of the Russian wrestlers do. And, and like you see how successful the Russians are in wrestling. Um, and they have that same mindset where their sparring is more playful, but they get so much more in because they can be in the gym every single day. They don't have these days off out of the gym. So they're getting three hours every day. Whereas if like another guy went two really hard four hour sessions, he's getting eight hours. This guy might be beating you by the end of the year and by a couple hundred hours in the gym right. where he was consistently building rather than trying to hit these huge spikes where you get this like five steps forward, three steps back, five steps forward. Instead, these guys are taking this approach of like one step forward, one step forward, one step forward, one step forward. And they just keep on leveling it on top Playing of each Playing the other. long game. Exactly. And they build. So you build enough. Like, like, And I just feel like I did this to myself. Like I went out and I'm, I'm trying to get back in shape to like feel like I'm in shape like I was when I was in college. But I went out and did a bunch of like sprint work. I did a bunch of like bounding work. You tried to go back to like you were there. I and went no, there. and I realized dude, right away when I started the warm ups. Like what used to be my warm up when I was in high school and college, I I was like three repetitions in of fifty yards of this stuff, and I was like, oh my god, my hamstrings are like everything was dying. But I pushed through it. I went for like forty minutes, forty five minutes. Today, literally, the bottom of my feet are sore. Like I can't even stretch my toes because my feet hurt yeah. so now i can't train that way i probably can't train for another three days do, doing that so now i know i'm going to take a little now i'm not so far on that mindset where it's like oh you can't get sore at all you got to not be sore to work out no. but i think i i agree that that 
you shouldn't push it so hard that you can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, some people will just assume I'm sore. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And then that'll stop them from going type of thing, you know, where yet for, for us, it's like, man, like this literally hurts too bad to go. And and some people too, like that, that soreness, they're not used to it. Like they don't think they can move, but like, I'm going to work out tonight and I know it's going to hurt for the first like five, five, 10 minutes. But what you have to realize is as you start to warm up, that will go away so quick. Like you aren't going to have to worry about like the pain so much Mm -hmm. as you get warmed up. Cause like every day of my track career, I was sore when I started to work out and we would jog and I'd feel like I was jogging with lead bricks on my feet and everything hurt. And then I would jog through it and it would be fine. Get a little adrenaline going, get a little warm, get a little heat and you feel better. Yeah. But this podcast is to talk about what can people do besides lighten their training load. What can we give people to try to create like, not like, you know, a, a situation where they can work out hard, but they can recover better. So this is the recovery podcast. So what do you do, Mitch? You hit the gym really hard. You you kill a workout. What's your go-to recovery method? Well, I think first off, it's uh, having a structured plan that is set up for you know you to like like for what you can handle. You know, I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is they're just gonna go do all these different classes and different things and like there's no real like structure or like set volume for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like I know, all right, these are kind of the general reps and and set ranges. This is the, the typical volume and load that I'm going to put on. And like, you're talking about like total amount of reps. Like I'm only going to do this many reps for my legs during a week. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. To a degree, you know, I've got a good range. Yeah. It's like limiting pitches in a pitcher or something like that. I heard, and does that include weight? So, like, let's say, are you going to go, oh, I'm not going to lift more than 20,000 pounds of weight with my legs this week? Or is it just more reps? Yeah, just more reps okay. th- that I'm looking at, you know. And so, when you go take some random class and then another random class, like, maybe both of those happen to be heavy leg repetition days you can't mm. really control it yeah the classes are tough that way because yeah. you don't get to pick anything right and you hear a lot of people that take those classes like oh man i just worked legs yesterday well, i'm going they, again today and that's like, how they injure their shoulder yeah. right because they're like putting so much stress well especially in joints that don't hold up well to abuse like a shoulder or an yeah. elbow like those don't hold up well to like a lot of use because that's just not what we do like it right. like in the during the day you walk up a lot of stairs, you walk up hills, hopefully you walk around. So your your legs are used to a certain amount of impact. Now mm-hmm. your knees don't hold up that well to, to like really bad technique. But yeah. definitely like shoulders, you can get some impingement syndrome going really quick if you don't have the right mobility and then you start lifting overhead for the first time for a long time. Right. And it can get you going pretty quick. Especially if you do if you're hitting those classes and have back to back to back days where they're throwing in some type of shoulder work. Yep. Yep. And yeah. and uh so, so that's the first thing I do is I, I just, I have it all kind of set up to where I know like my, my boundaries, you know, and, and some days, you know, it's good or some weeks it's good to push it, but as a general like percentage, I know my boundaries, I'm staying in it and I'm, I'm just slowly increasing. So, yeah. and that, some of that comes from experience, right? A hundred percent, you know? Um, so outside of that, you know, I had a good workout. I'm also making sure that my nutrition surrounding all that is on point. You know, like a lot of people will go into a workout underfed from the last few days and then they're going to go try and push their bodies. So your body's already stressing. Yeah. It doesn't have the nutrients. Now you're going to go add more stress. Like that's just not a good recipe. Right. And it depends if they're eating a bunch of bad foods that are creating more inflammation inside of their body. And then they're pushing on top of that and creating this inflammatory process. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got to do something to reduce that inflammation. You got to do something to support your body for the recovery to, you know, synthesize protein and build muscle and restore and heal. And there's Repair a lot of things, all that yeah, damage. You're exactly. Doing. And there's a lot of things that play into that. And I think the best one that we've found through the research is better than any supplement out there and it's sleep. And there's so like, um, Ryan Flatterty, 
the trainer at Nike, he talks a lot about how he gets his athletes immediately. If his athletes are sleeping six or seven hours, he gets them sleeping eight, nine, or 10 hours. Now, this is like the opposite. Now, just realize this. I'm not telling people to go out and sleep a bunch more. This is the opposite of what like a lot of these business entrepreneurs will tell you, like sleep a little less, get a little more work done. These guys are professional athletes that literally their job is to perform. So if they're staying up all night and they're not sleeping, they're not recovering. And I see it like if someone's in bed for 10 hours and they're, their legs are resting and they're sleeping, they're recovering, they're just going to get that much more recovery and, t- and just sheer time off their legs. Right. But then they're going to go hammer their legs. So they're not you're not worried about calorie deficits. But if you're not training like crazy, it's not your job. You don't necessarily need to go like go, oh, I can sleep 12 hours now because I, I can uh, – because I worked out really hard, right. but realize that like sleep is very important for recovery and things that disrupt your sleep are bad for that. So like if you're drinking a lot of alcohol at night or drinking caffeine late at night, or you're having sleep problems that way, that's going to disrupt your sleep, which is going to disrupt your recovery. And what we're trying to talk about here today is recovery. So like, what do you, what do you think about? Do you, how much hours of a night do you get per sleep? Do you sleep more after you train hard? Do you find that you end up sleeping more or do you think your body just recovers naturally? without that no i mean i don't you know i think there is it's it's a funny kind of place that we've gotten to where there's like the people who are really performing and then the people who talk about performing and like they need all these extra things or they think they're performing that's what i'm saying it's like all right and even me personally like I don't think many of my sessions match up to someone who needs 10 hours of sleep, yep. you know, and that's, that's how it should be, Yep. you know? So I, I just think like when there's people who are like, yeah, I'm doing all, I'm doing all the, the cryo, this, this and that. And I'm like, you, you're training like three times a week. Like you're not really like pushing yourself that hard. Obviously it's cool that you want to take care of yourself, but yeah. I think, uh, there's there's just like less of a need for that type of stuff um but i guess sleep wise i i do try and get my my six hours for mm-hmm. sure that's like the the minimum for me um between six and seven mm-hmm. yeah and i've been sleeping more like my more of my watch at least tells me i've been sleeping average like seven and a half for sure like weekends I'll get eight sometimes just kind of yeah. a little bit longer, but I don't sleep too long, but I know that it's important. And when I was in school, when I was running in college, I definitely slept more. I was sleeping like probably nine, sometimes 10 hours. But those are like, I think at a certain point you'll know it because if you don't set an alarm and you sleep a long time and you worked out really hard, uh, y- y- like your body just knows it needs to sleep more and yeah. you'll end up sleeping more. Yeah. But that's not always true. Right. Um, well, and, and, you know, a lot of people, you don't have to be working out that hard to where it's like yeah. you need to be up. Like like most people are just doing this to yeah. really just get some the, some of the mental benefits I think we talked about last time. and The workout stuff, yeah. Yeah. And to, to just have overall good body composition, yeah. you know. And I've thought about that a lot and I've debated it in my mind. I'm like, well, you know, it's like kind of a recreation for some people. But then I go back to I'm like, for the people that really want the results, like I love the the model, like train like an athlete. Yeah. Like for even the people who aren't, like, I think like take it seriously because if you're gonna do it, do it. Like right. don't don't half ass your workouts. Like that's I don't think that's what Mitch is saying here. Like he's no. not saying like just like you're just going through the motions. So like, but I don't think you yeah. got to be in there three hours a day. No. Yeah. And I don't think you need to do cryo necessarily. All right. All right. Like depending on what you're doing, if it works for you and that, and you got it in your budget, then why not? And it feels good. But, yeah. but, but there's so many other methods. So like some of my methods, like you could simply just go to the uh, grocery store and uh, grab a bag of ice and then just throw that in the bathtub and have no problem with it. So like, that's a buck. Versus like, what is a cryo? It's like 40, 50, 60 bucks each time. Um, so like, that's a pretty simple way to, uh, to just get your cryotherapy in. But yeah, so if you're, if you're trying to get you know, if you're trying to do cryo, but you think you can't afford it, like cryo isn't the, isn't the number one go-to, like you can get, 
you can get a good result from ice. Ice might even be better. I don't know what, what's better. If you compared them in a lab, it'd probably be pretty darn close. And like you said, if it's an athlete, that's their life, their, their career depends on it. Their money depends on it. Yeah. You might go for that extra little boost. But if it's like, oh, it's 10% better recovery. It's like, is it worth 10 times the amount of money well, or 20 times the amount of money? Yeah, I think what we've talked about a lot before is like, are you doing the other stuff, the big blocks, yeah. you know, like people kind of like I was saying with the nutrient stuff is, is, is it's like, are you even eating enough calories to fuel this? Yeah. You know, are you getting your body enough protein to recover and repair all this damage you're doing? Yeah. What, what do people want to eat as far as protein after a workout? How much? How like in a serving or yeah, like, total? or like how quick, yeah, yeah. like if I go and work out right now, I'm going to go hit the weights for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. What should I be eating afterward? Yeah. So, I mean, I always recommend first off getting your total intake down, right? So making sure caloric, like total calorie intake. Well, total daily protein. Oh, oh getting it down, like getting it, getting good with it. Yeah. Oh, so like, so like, I thought you meant like lowering it. No, no, no. Yeah. Getting it. So you're, so you're consistent with it. So, mm. cause put it this way. If, you, if I tell you to go eat 25 to 30 grams of protein after every workout, but you're still only getting 60 in total, like it's not yeah. going to help you. Yeah. It's not going to have the benefit, the added benefit you're trying to go to. So right. the nutrient timing isn't as important. Right. That's yeah. the, that's the higher block of the pyramid. You got to get this one down. Mm -hmm. And then the reason that you would want to get something post-workout, uh, I always recommend a, a protein source and a carb source. The protein, obvious to, you know, help start that recovery and start repairing uh, the muscle, but the, the carb source, because that's going to start to take down that cortisol level. Mm -hmm. And once you can do that, your body can start to recover yeah. rather than you just being redlined all the time because your body doesn't know oh the session's over yeah i'm out of the gym so that's kind of like the first signal mm -hmm. that you can give it to, to start to bring that down and start to do everything it needs to do to, to yeah. recover and i think that's good advice for the majority of people and there's probably maybe someone listening to this that's into like not doing that because they think that's good like to stress your body and then eat later but for the majority of people i think that's a great advice like i know that like ben greenfield he always talks about how like he doesn't eat right after his workouts but he's a he's a different kind of cat anyway and his training is much different but i think like that yeah you're on top of it and yeah. so like the, and that's what i do i try to get something in afterward to recover sometimes i don't get it as quickly as as i should but you i try to, to eat stress uh, that either yeah. you know and it's and like I go on that on the on the easy wins theme and stringing wins together like the win streak theme is like after I work out I'm always like more encouraged to eat a healthy meal so it's good because I'm like oh, I got to get something healthy because I really got to like stack something on top of that workout to make it successful rather than the other way yeah which is what we talked about before yeah. which is like the unhealthy way which is an interesting mindset why do you think some people go one way or the other. I think that my mindset is because I understand and other people don't understand. I think that I think the the knowledge is the difference. Yeah. Knowing that like the workout isn't that great as far as like weight loss and like actual overall health and that the meal is just as important, so I try to stack them. I see them as one thing. Yeah. Like I'm like the me the workout and the meal are together are the same. You're like, let me make this workout count. Whereas they're like, let me use it to, to get rid of what I'm about to do to myself yeah. where like that doesn't actually work. Like yeah. we've talked about, cause the calories just don't work in and out. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I doubt they work for most people who do it like a binge or a, or a cheat meal afterward. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting, yeah. but no, I'm with you. Cause that's always been my mindset is like, if I just put on all that work, why, like I want to make it as efficient and maximize it yeah. always. Yep. And then get on streaks, man. It's like, bro, can you eat? And that's how, if you can get that kind of thing together, that's going to help you really recover. Because then it's not going to be like, oh, I got to get my nutrients. I got to drink a protein shake after. It's just like you're always fueling your body with the with the best stuff and the stuff it needs. And you're just going to generally live healthier. Yeah. And you're going to recover better. Because you're going to no, feel better too. No amount of nutrient timing after a workout is going to help your recovery as much as 
just eating a really healthy, balanced diet throughout Overall. your entire life yeah. because your body's just going to be so much more healthy and efficient at recovering and like cell and like, you know, cell growth. And well, that's why like in my eyes and everyone does it the opposite. Like I want to get healthy. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm always like start by like fueling your body a little better mm-hmm. so that you can withstand what you're about to do in the gym. Mm-hmm. Right. It's Cause like, it's if, a good mindset. If man. You're not hydrated and you're not like giving your body enough nutrients and fuel to run properly. And then you're going to go ask it to do tough things in the gym that you're not even used to. Like yeah. that's just like that. That wouldn't sound right to anybody, mm-hmm. but most people think, man, I just got to get my ass in the gym. Yeah. It's like, oh. and you mentioned something interesting with the hydration piece, because we t- I talk about this with the high schoolers when we go and talk to the teams. It's like, People are all happy when they get out of the gym. Like, oh, I dropped four pounds. It's like maybe you should weigh yourself before and go, oh, I dropped three pounds. I got to drink three pounds worth of – like I got to refill my water Mm -hmm. system because you didn't just burn three pounds in calories. Mm -hmm. That didn't just disappear off you. Like fat didn't just disappear off you that quick. Like that's mostly water. And you got to replace that. Otherwise, you're not going to recover very well. What was the stat? It was like when you are dehydrated, like your power output – yeah, it's like in your thir- workout is way down. Yeah, it's a it's it's a couple pounds. It's like two two pounds of body of like equivalent of of weight in water. You start to lose, and by the time you lose about five pounds of water, you lose like about thirty or seven pounds in the average person. You lose about thirty percent of your power output. Yeah, and then not to mention that's just like performance wise. So your performance is going to go down being dehydrated. It's also going to really really impact your ability to recover. Because like a dehydrated body just does not function as efficiently because it doesn't have enough water to run all the systems efficiently. Also impacts your kidney function and all sorts of stuff like that. And you just like, like that's how people start to associate pain and all these issues with working out and all that. Like headache, like, oh, I have a time to work out, I get a headache and stuff like that. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, let's fuel yourself, get you in a good state. So that you can withstand this type of work. And I, and I know what it feels like to do that. Cause like go on vacation, eat out all the time, come back and try to work out. Oh man. Talk about just sludging through a workout, like feeling so bad. Mm-hmm. And then you work out like after three, four weeks, even like two weeks of clean, even a week of clean eating. And you're like, whoa, this is a big difference. Yeah. It's a huge difference how you feel when you work out and how you feel when you get done. Yep. It's like that good feeling of defeat rather than that like, oh, man, that just took my soul. Yep, yep. And I think the reason we're able to like get through that is because we associate those two things together, whereas people just associate how they feel with that workout. Mm-hmm. They don't look at like, well, what did I eat today? You know, what have I been eating? You know, like, did I drink water and things like that? Yeah. Uh, But that's all stuff you got. Like, it sounds so basic. Sleep, drink water, freaking eat your protein. But until you actually practice those things on the regular, Mm -hmm. like, I can't really tell you to do much I know and it does it does sound so simple and ridiculous like oh I don't need to listen to a 40 minute podcast for someone to tell me they can I have to eat right and I have to sleep right and all that stuff but I think it that's the base like you're talking about that's the building block so once you've got that down then we can move on to the stuff so like some of the stuff I I used to use was like I would do contrast baths or I would do like an ice bath then I'd work into like, for example, I'll go into like um, an Epsom salt bath. I think Epsom salt baths are incredibly powerful for like reducing inflammation in the legs. They feel good. They relax the muscles, get rid of that tension um, and can relax. And you could do like a stretch in there. Some people like to hit the sauna after, get some heat and then try and do some stretching. Um, are you a, Do you stretch regularly after your workouts? I've been doing it. One thing I've also been practicing is just at least a minute of deep breathing, you know, just to, like we said, you know, your body doesn't like regular deep breathing or some like Wim Hof deep breathing, some Wim Hof, just real deep breaths, fill that belly up. Nice. And let it out just because like I said, your body doesn't know that you're done with your workout. And most people leave the gym redlined Mm -hmm. and their body's still redlining throughout the day. And it's just not recovering. So, that is kind of just bringing it down a bit, bringing yeah. it down. 
and then you can kind of go throughout your day and actually recover a little faster from that stuff. And I mean, if anyone's ever left a workout really tired and sweaty, like you feel really tired after, but when you can bring yourself down a bit, like you start to adjust and get back to normal. Yep. And, and I will even add a di- another thing that you can do on top of that is like, if you do a really hard workout that like tax your legs while you're doing the deep breathing, just throw your legs up on a box or like on a bench or something yep. and use some gravity to assist kind of drain some of that fluid. Cause basically what happens is, you know, you get that really sore and like that burning sensation in your muscles. Well, people call that lactic acid, but really lactic acid doesn't exist in the body together. It exact, it, it exists in lactate and it exists in hydrogen ions. So positive hydrogen ions. And those are what really make the pain, the hydrogen ions. So you can help to do things like active recovery. You hear about that. Like, after you get done lifting, go walk around a little bit mm-hmm. or even get a light light jog or something around or do some body weight squats or do some something that pumps the muscles to circulate some of that fluid and kind of get some fluid return back to the body mm-hmm. so you just don't build hydrogen ions in the in the legs. That's why I like that. And so elevating mobility is good. flow, you yeah. know, like yep. not just laying there but like kind of moving. Yeah, cuz the results really aren't that great on static stretching, but mm-hmm. I think that like everyone's felt that like lifting really hard and then leaving the gym, you get pretty tight. Now stretching is not going to prevent soreness. Like no. I think people think that like, Oh, if I stretch, my legs won't be sore. And then they get frustrated because they're like, Oh, I stretched. Why are my legs sore? Anything stretching is get, is not like it's doing the same thing that the, that the workout did to make you sore. Mm. And the fact that like you're creating those micro tears or whatever, but stretching will help you keep your mobility. And I think it's important, especially like maybe even if you work out in the morning to stretch at night before you go to bed, to loosen yourself up, before you sleep and you'll wake up a a little less stiff. And especially if you go through one of those active mobility flows at night after a hard workout, you'll at least circulate some joint fluid. You'll circulate the synovial fluid, make the joints feel good. And you'll kind of get some of that fluid return from the legs if it's pulling down there. So I think that's a great recovery is like active recovery. Mm -hmm. Because too many people I see just hit it hard and then they're out of the gym. I'm out of here. Sitting in my car for 30 minutes driving home. And then I'm going to go sit on my couch. Yeah. Well, you know, if you've, and I used to do this all the time. I was, I would work out super hard and then, you know, you, you, you're rushing to go take a shower. You're throwing your clothes on maybe to go to work or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like still sweating. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, what do you think? Like your body is still under a ton of stress because mm-hmm. you didn't yeah. like tell it to calm down a bit. Yeah. You didn't stop. Yeah. And I think, I think all of that goes along with like, you know, have some ice packs in your freeze. You know, if you're getting that shoulder pain from from overuse and going day after day after day, don't be afraid to throw an ice pack directly on it. Like you don't need a fancy crowd machine. You don't need an ice bath. You don't need to get a whole bath, bath together if your whole body's not messed up. Like just get some ice on the inflamed area and cool that thing down. And and I think like doing little things like that, even though they are the little things, if you're mastering all the other stuff and you're looking for things to do to aid your recovery, like don't be afraid to use ice after an injury. Like that's the time old thing that we use and and at the very least it kills pain and it allows you to move more normally even if it even if the research of whatever it shows um, because it's pretty mixed and it changes all the time so yeah so some things that i like to come up with are like you know we talked about those building blocks right Mm -hmm. everyone knows them but no one does them so how can we get somebody give them some action steps to actually go do them. And, you know, for me, from a uh, nutrition standpoint, protein standpoint, I, I've i told a lot of clients and I tell people in the past, like, sam- to sandwich your workout, you know? Mm-hmm. So what are you getting pre-workout? What are you getting post-workout? If, if that's 25 grams of protein each, now you got 50 grams of protein on top of, the rest of your your meals mm-hmm. and that's probably going to get you pretty close yeah to where you should be i mean obviously you got to watch calories and adjust there but sandwiching that workout not only is that going to help you with those overall numbers but you get that in before your workout and now you're feeling your workout so you got higher power output yeah. you can perform better and when you perform better consistently over time you get better results in the gym too. So all of that kind of comes together. I think that is like, if you're not already doing that, 
that's a good place to start. To so get 25 that. grams you think is solid? It's it's pretty solid, 20 to 25. And if you're doing up. that in the form of a protein shake, like we've talked to the high school athletes about, like you can throw 16 ounces of water in there, and now you got some hydration and you got the protein all in one. Yep. And then you could do that afterward or at least make sure you're drinking some water before, you know, within two hours you're coming in with 16 to 24 ounces. I wouldn't do that all before, right before you work out and you're going to be right. sloshing. But if you do it more than 45 minutes before, you're going to digest most of that water and you're going to absorb it and you're not going to be sloshing so hard. Yep. So, like, that's something that I would I would definitely do as well. Yeah, yeah I, I would probably add, uh, you know, if you're going to do a protein shake, maybe like a protein shake and an apple, a protein shake and banana, like yeah. super simple. And, you know, just make that your routine. Like, yeah. like, have that every time. Yeah. Or, like, and set yourself a goal. Like, hey, every workout I do, I've got to finish this water bottle that's 24 ounces big or 32 ounces big. Like, I have to finish it within two hours. There's, a, like, a strict goal you could do. Or, like, after my workout, I'm going to have the healthiest meal of my day within two hours of me working out. And then you know, like, hey, I, if, I, if I fail, I fail. Like, that's, like, oh, I lost a cheat meal. Like, like you know, rewards, and then you got to have consequences for not having it, but set yourself up with objective goals of what you can do as well. Like, like, like I said, just set something measurable. I have to drink 16 hours of water within an hour after I get done working out and just set it up that way and have it ready. You know, like if you're going to have that goal, don't be like, shoot, I don't even know where I'm going to get a water bottle. Like, like get ready to do this. Like if, if you're going to do the banana, like, on Sunday, buy five bananas, you know, buy 10 bananas. So you got them. Yeah. Like, I think that's. You got to set your success, yourself <laughs> up for success. I mean, it's like, it's like anything. If you don't prepare for it and then it you're not going to succeed. And yeah. if, but if you do prepare for it, it'll be so much easier and it won't feel like so much work. And I feel like a lot of us just are like, oh, I have, to, I'm going to eat healthy this week. But then they don't take any of those action steps like, oh, I'm actually have to go to the store yeah. on a weekend and meal prep and get ready and actually make something that sounds easy. I'm going to eat healthy and then dinner time is like, ah, I'm lazy. I don't even know what to do. It's yeah. like you didn't plan and you didn't figure it out. Or you don't care enough. You're like, uh, you know, I worked 10 hours a day. That was a tough day. I'm going to go out and get some teriyaki mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. That so, happens to everybody though, you know. So what can like, like obviously um mobility wise you know obviously you want to stretch afterwards and and do a little bit of mobility do the cool down stuff it's still hard like even personally some days i just don't you know i'm just Mm -hmm. like i'm out of here uh i think you have to you have to set the importance in your mind like some workouts i do i know i don't need it yeah because i didn't work hard enough right and that's just the fact and i know i'll stretch later and i stretch a lot within my work day because i'm a physical therapist yeah but if you did a hard workout what you need to tell yourself is this is actually as important as the workout mm-hmm. like you just have to make that distinction in your mind and say like the warm-up is just as important as the workout as just as important as the cool down it's all equally important mm-hmm. like you are like if people who go into the gym and just get right on something heavy they're like oh i'm just gonna go right into the squat rack and go for it like that is just so dangerous like you have to do something to get a sweat going, get a warm up going, or you have to at least get in the squat rack and do a bunch of light sets. Like it's that's almost, all important. It's almost like we shouldn't even label it as a warm up and a cool down. It yeah. should all just be the workout. Yeah, I'm, I think that's actually a great idea you because, <laughs> because, and and I tell this to high school athletes all the time because you see athletes like basketball, football players because they can get away. With they it. just go through the they go through the warm ups like it's. Like they're talking, they're doing nothing. Like they're just, they're supposed to be doing a power skip and they're just barely doing anything. I say no wasted movements. Like just because it's labeled as a warm up doesn't mean it's not spending energy. It's not working muscles. Like all these active mobility flows, like it's working muscles. It's stretching muscles. Like you're just getting better and more fit by doing the warm up. So it's part of your exercise. So you can count it into your exercise time. Yeah. So don't cut that part out by, it, by just cutting it short. And I think that is big too because it's like not not even it's more than visualization but like you going through that movement like let's say it's basketball you going through that layup line and making that layup Mm -hmm. like that's muscle memory you're gonna make that layup next time and with working out like use perfect form when you're warming up on your bench press so that when you load that you 
you have that muscle memory to do it. It's exactly what I tell people. And it's like, like I said, no wasted movements. Yeah. Like if you go through a layup line and you're in basketball and you take it and you don't take it seriously, you just missed out on 25 reps that you could have done to make yourself better. Right. And now that's that the same thing up. with, yeah, it's the same thing with like, if you're going to get warmed up for a squat and you're going to start with the bar and then you're going to go to 25s and then you're going to go to 45s and you're eventually going to work yourself way up there, but you don't take those first three seriously. You're just kind of sloppy form. Knees are dropping in, not hitting your spot. Like that's, that's not a good way to go. Cause now you just lost 30 reps at something that could have reinforced, like you said, that motor pattern, mm-hmm. that's the healthy motor pattern. And most likely once you load it, the pattern is only going to get worse right. because 100%. you've trained a bad pattern and now you're loading it and you've worked in a bad motor pattern and then you're just leading yourself to injuries. Yep. So forget recovery. You're just, you're just going to be injured. You're going to be recovering with me in the PT clinic. Yep. So I think that's super important too. And so I teach when I teach uh, clients and athletes, the warm up, I say, this is, this is skills training. You could think of this as, as technique work, right. like the, the warm up is technique work. Right. Like if you're doing lunges, like it better be perfect technique because it's body weight and it's a warm up, but it better be perfect technique. Yeah. Like, don't waste this. So, yeah. and you know, I think maybe that's a potential for improvements in that area to make it. I mean, I'm I'm sure some people have, but make it more skill specific, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, not just saying like we're gonna go through a layup line, but saying like, all right. This one is going to be off your right foot, right arm, because you got to practice yeah. playing off both arms. Or like this one, you know, you're gonna go reverse, and yeah. like, and like, just making it um, somehow more specific. So yeah, instead of being like, okay, you got to do jumping jacks, you got to do some squats. Like, but yeah. when you do the squats, you got to be like, hey, I got to do perfect body weight squats. That's a hard one to change, but I agree with like the layup line, like changing the changing the technique, maybe or or for a, like if you're a football player. All right, your body weight squat is you jumping down, squatting up, and like going up for a pass. Yep. You know, something like that exactly. where it's like, all right, I can now associate this with what I'm going to do in games because that's where athletes, that's where you lose them. Well, and you hear that from like the world's best wide receivers. Like all of their work is like it's they're, they're like very intense and they're they're practice like the reason why their route running has become so good is because they didn't just jog through the route combos when they were supposed to run like a route tree or whatever when they're practicing slants they weren't jogging through slants they were hitting super crisp cut slants and just that same way with all of all of the non-athletes that are working out in the gym or the weekend warriors hate to call them non-athletes because I think everyone who's training should train like an athlete. Like you're just going to build in sloppy form. If you're like, if you're hitting the bar, but you're going sloppy elbows and slamming off your chest, you're just not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Like when I go through my warmups, I go, I even go slower. A lot of times where I'll go down and pause and then I'll power up and I'll go down and pause and I'll control that eccentric phase. Cause I'm trying to emphasize what I'm actually trying to do in the lift where I'm trying to go with control and then power. I want to feel the muscle as much as I can in the warm up. Exactly. I know what's fire and what that's going to. Yeah. And just because the weight isn't high doesn't mean it's not beneficial is the big thing. And that's where I think people have to shift their mindset is like, ah, the warm up, I don't need it. Like I need to get into the actual stuff that works my body. Well, this is the actual stuff that works your body in a different way, but just as importantly so that the recovery of after that exercise is better because you didn't just smash through and like terrorize your joints doing something crazy. Right. Absolutely. So I think that's anything else you want to talk about recovery wise, man. I just, I don't know. There's so many ways we could go foam foam people like people that are jumping on the foam roller. Like there's a time and place for it. But, um, like I think about people who do foam rolling. I, I like it personally. It's good soft tissue work. I think it's overstated. People overdo it. There's a lot of weird false claims like, Oh, you're going to break up scar tissue and break up fascia, which is ridiculous. Cause like you don't want to break up your fascia. Do you have to foam roll? You don't have to foam roll. No, I don't think it's essential. I don't think everyone needs it. I think it feels good. And sometimes like that, that nice feeling is what you need to like leave the gym. But it's, 
like pushing on a muscle doesn't necessarily just like do the same thing as like stretching. Mm -hmm. And I think people try to replace things, but it definitely does. It's like one of those things, like if you're going to do a deep breathing, maybe you lay on the foam roller horizontally and stretch your chest out. If you did a bench press, now you're getting two things in once you're getting a little bit of foam roll pressure through the back, getting some extension over the spine. You're getting a chest stretch and you're doing the deep breathing. So now you're doing a bunch of different recoveries. So I think it's, it's not essential, but it, the, those are like those 1% things that you're talking about in my world. Okay. Like for me with recovery is like, so that's a good thing. You know, I talked about like your, your building blocks, right. For mm-hmm. nutrition and like yeah. hits your daily numbers and things like that. What are some daily numbers or things that someone should hit to avoid injury? Yeah. My, my big daily numbers for like mobility is first of all, you have to have spine mobility and you have to have hip mobility. Those are like my two big ones because a lot of people lack spinal mobility and hip mobility, and that's going to impact everything else out onto the extremities. So I would say you should get some type of hip stretching in for sure each day, like a really deep squat hold even like a side sit, kind of like a like a L sit or whatever, with the legs going opposite directions. Kind so of get one of like, those, like sit in the squat for a minute, five minutes. Yeah, I'd say five minutes max is what you need. Um, and I would do some type of spinal rotation, especially like an upper back extension. Like that's where the foam roller would come in handy. Like lay over the top of a foam roller, kind of going across your back horizontally, mm-hmm. and then extending over that, or even just sitting in a low back chair, putting your hands behind your neck and just extending over the back of the chair like that. Yeah. I think spinal mobility is absolutely key for, for health of everything else. Like, especially shoulders, like people don't relate your back, upper back mobility has a lot to do with your shoulder pain. People that get into these hunched forward positions and their back's really rounded. Like you see people sitting on the computer for long times and they get stuck in that position. They look like they're always there. Mm -hmm. That's going to lead to shoulder impingement. So if you just freed up your spine, you'd probably free up a lot of your shoulder problems. So I think work, working on mobility, rotation through the spine, um, working on kind of like, full bend stretches, getting the back mobile and then stretching the hips, internal, external rotation. So those are my can, keys. If you can get some of that every day. Yeah. I think you should stretch five minutes every day. It's not that hard to ask. Like mm-hmm. it seems hard. It's hard to do until you develop it as a habit and you get home and you have a yoga mat and you just roll it out and do it. Or you have a carpet already out there yeah. and you're watching TV or Netflix yeah, and you yeah. pop it in like stretch or like I do it when I lay down in bed. I'll just start doing my roll. Like I'll do my spinal roll and I'll start like stretching my hips. I'll just do that and then I'll go to sleep because I feel better when I wake up. But it's like brushing your teeth. You're not going to be able to brush your teeth all in one day and like clean all the plaque off. Like you got to do it consistently. Yeah. You got to maintain spinal health and maintain hip health, which is going to help lead to the health of the other joints as well. If you can get in a full stretching program that helps you stretch your shoulders, it helps you stretch your knees, helps you stretch all the other joints, your wrists, your hands, and all that stuff in your neck, um, then good for you. But I would focus on the midsection, hips, low back, mid back, neck. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Well, I think we hit it. I think we got a lot of good recovery stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of information. Listen back if you need to. Yeah. Reach out with questions if you have them. I love to talk about this stuff. Rate, rate the cold brews. Yeah, I'm buzzed off this one. This one's a strong one. Yeah, it I is. like it. it the is. flavor is so good. It is. It's you can tell by the color of it. It's, this is just a lighter, like it's not super dark, yeah. gnarly roast like some cold brews we've had. Yeah. This one's just super smooth and chocolatey. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like. I'm like, are the ones that were super dark, like maybe trying to be? Yeah. So it's just like a different, like. I think it's a different flavor profile for sure. Yeah. I mean, but, it's just like a dark beer, right? Like some people's beer, true, like they true. want like a really, or like some people really want a hoppy, hoppy beer. But that's the thing though, is like, there's not, there's, there's categories for that. Like, I'm not going to try, you know, it, it's kind of like. This is an IPA and one that we've had as a stout, but with cold brew, it's all one category. Kind of. I think we just don't understand them fully. I think there's like dark roast, there's medium roast, and there's light roast at least. You think? Yeah, there. Well, we, I know there is because like Starbucks they, sells like different roasts. They don't roasts. sell that. They don't say that though. Yeah, no, they don't say it on the can. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. I think coffee. I know there maybe, are you know, different cold, roasts. Cold, like craft cold brew is kind of newer. Yeah. 
you know, like, I mean, mainstream. So they're like, why would we break up the categories right or, now? Yeah, or maybe they just had, no one's, like, ventured out and said, like, hey, this is this type of coffee. Like, this is the, this, these are in this category. This are in this category. This are, and, you know, it's like, I bet when beer started coming out, it was just like, hey, this is beer. This is fucking beer. <laughs> this is <laughs> but, Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> this is just Bud whatever, Bud whatever Bud. it came out as when we put hops and wheat in and the same manner. And then everyone was like, wait, this one's different. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're starting that trend. It's like, uh, this one's a little different than some of those other ones. Yeah. And I think we kind of talked about that on previous podcasts where we're like, some of these are, seem like they should be in different categories. Right. Like that, the really sweet ones with the sugar and stuff. Yeah. Like that should be in a different category than this like zero calorie only coffee and water. Well, then I'm just like, all right, what are we even rating on now? <laughs> like, I think overall, I think we're just doing well to just go overall. This is what we think of it. And this is why. Yeah. And if you can say like, why? Like we, we rated the other one high and we said, it's not the same as this one, but we said, we like the sweetness. This would be good for dessert. This is kind of like for special times. I couldn't drink a ton of these, but it still tastes really good. Here's the high rating. Whereas I think this one, like, for example, I'll give this one I'll give this one an eight point seven. And it's because it's very smooth. There's no calories. I like that the nitros kill it. So it has has no calories. It's nitro. And then it's got really good flavor. It's like it really is chocolatey. It, like I could I started pounding this like it was water when we first opened this. My first sip was so big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I could drink way too many of these. Yeah. Like, you better just crack one can because this is dangerously good. And I think 8.7 is in that dangerously good category. Man, you got a solid buzz. Really solid. I'm ready to go work out. Yeah. Which, good thing we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd give... I was going back and forth... Um, between 8.4, 8.5. Um, it's solid, man. I mean... I'm excited to try their other ones, too. Yeah. Like, just to have zero calories and be able to put out a flavor like that, that's that's kind of my rating. That's like a skill in itself. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, because that's, that's a game changer. Yeah. You know, like... Well, they delivered everything I want. High caffeine... They've delivered the zero calorie, which I'm starting to like more because, like, why why drink something with 200 calories with milk in it when it tastes as good? That good. If not better right. without it. Yeah. And then you're at zero. You're like, oh, man, this is ridiculous. And uh, yeah. I think one of my new ratings now is, like, like if it hits too hard, you know, like. Sometimes it's like I hey, got a couple four hundred like back milli- off, back off of it. I got a couple four hundred milligram ones in my fridge right now that I'm afraid to drink. That's what I'm saying. Because it's I'm literally I think I have to drink like half of it in the morning and then just put it in the fridge and then drink half of it at night. Because I don't think that it's safe to. I looked it up. Four hundred milligrams is six and a quarter shots <laughs> of espresso. And that's in an eleven ounce can of cold brew. Now this has I think uh, Marcel. Um, told me that this has like 240 to 260 somewhere in that range 250 240 200, really? which is the same as the wandering bear which i think is the same as uh like nitro. the nitro beverage company which is the same as like the caveman so they're kind of coming out with similar like we're kind of almost always in that range besides these like a little bit more like um sweet ones they seem like they have like 150 160 170 so yeah these more like pure the ones only like 100 right yeah, it was way water, more watery. This has way more flavor than that highball one. Totally, way more flavor and more caffeine. Yeah, I think all they did with the highball is just add more water. But yeah. I mean, their energy drinks are kind of watery, watery. tasty too. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, they're like a Lacroix. Yeah. But these, this is like actually like a good coffee. Highball was like, ah, I'd pop it. It's a dollar fifty, like easy grab and go, nice to Quick get. Hit. Yeah, but this this, this like, one's like, I actually enjoy drinking this. No, and I'm like excited that. to drink the other two flavors for sure. Yeah. Cool. 8.7, 8. You didn't settle on 8.4, 8.5. I'll go 8.5 because they're let's, local. Let's go. Because they're local. <laughs> Here. What's up, guys? Hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you really liked it, go ahead and share it with a friend. We would really appreciate it. And if you have any topics you want us to talk about, feel free to reach out. Let us know. 
we're always open.